Hey, 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 everybody! Guess who it is? Heath Armstrong, and this is the Archapreneur Now podcast. I am your host, and I am here to get you all pumped up to be creative, to do the jive, to do the boogie-woogie, to do something crazy, to go knock on your neighbor's door, give them a high-five, you know, take your undies off and throw them at somebody in public, uh, just do something out of the ordinary, get a little funky, uh, get a little insane because we all have a little crazy in us. This is episode 47 of The Entrepreneur Now. I've got an amazing guest on once again, Dimitri Tribaji. He has been all over the world. He composes music, he draws, he animates, he directs, and he is the founder and creator of Art Socket, where he promotes, he collects, and he distributes some of the most amazing art around the world that you probably would have never come across if it wasn't for something like this. So if your ears hang low and they wobble to the front, make sure you tune them into this interview with Dimitri. This is The Entrepreneur Now for all the show notes, artsynow.com forward slash 47. And here we go. Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that stinkity, stinkity, rickety, dickity beat. Yeah. Ooh. Well, here we go now. Who wants to get a little bit funky out there? Who wants to get a little creative out there, huh? Yeah. Which one of you wants to get a little bit artsy now? Well, get on with your bad selves, yeah. Hailing out of Thailand, by way of Canada, by way of Russia, he's leaving creative fingerprints all over the earth with every chance he gets. He's an artist, woo! He's a musician, oh yeah. He's a designer and an entrepreneur. He's the founder and creator of ArtSocket.com. He's living art, he's loving art, and he's breathing art, and he's here to share it all with us. A skidamarinkity-dinkity-dink, a skidamarinkity-doo. Dimitri Cherbaji, you are the entrepreneur now. What's going on, man? Doing good, man. Doing good. How are you? Uh, fantastic. Just pumping up the energy, man. That's all I do. Just Perfect. Get the mood flowing. Uh, I'm, I'm pumped that you're on today. I think that what you're doing creatively uh, is inspiring ultimately with Art Socket and, and your other projects. And obviously you've been involved in so many different things and you're really the idea, like a, a serial entrepreneur. You're, you're an artist, you're a musician, you're a designer. Uh, you, you get into the business side, obviously world traveler and you've created art socket and you've got some apps that you've been working on and i'm sure you've got tons of projects that you've worked on in the past that i don't even know about uh, so if you want to start man just kind of give me a rundown of your background and and what really triggered you you know as a kid to kind of take this life uh following your creative passions and the drive and 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 your mission to kind of set your fingerprint on this world and make all these changes because it's an amazing thing yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, well, first of all, thanks so much for having me. I'm very psyched about this. Um, and to start it off, um, I was born in Russia at the end of the 80s, and I grew up with um, 
artists for parents. Both of them worked in uh, Bolshoi Theater, which is uh, one of the uh, major or the main theaters in Russia. And um, the, there's been art around me all the time. But uh, once I came to Canada, uh, later as we immigrated, uh, I was kind of uh, changing. Um, I don't know what, whether it was puberty, but I was really thinking that, you know, what art is kind of not the thing that will make me money, that it's not the thing that makes the world go round. And I was kind of like disenchanted with it. And I was thinking like, well, you know, here nobody really makes money with that. It's, it's, not, it's not creating anything visibly u- useful. And um, I went and um, got uh, excited about engineering, got excited about um, math, chemistry, and things that are uh, physical in a sense, uh, you know, making things. And, uh, you know, computers was a big part of it. I was, I was a huge fan of just, you know, from playing games to making tiny little games and whatnot. Uh, and then so as, um, as that went on, I went to university and then uh, a switch flipped. And I just realized, like, you know what? I really, really actually do like art. <laughs> and it, that, that's when I just kind of started to figure out, like, you know what? I can make a lot of things. I can make a lot of money, but uh, what is the point of all of that if everything looks like crap? Because art is a thing that makes things pretty. Yeah, uh, just yeah, just just kind of like what do we consider pretty? Uh, it's just aesthetics, and aesthetics is just like directly related to art. So I just decided, like you know what, this is what I want to do, and I'm going to use the skills that I have acquired over the years to. Just pursue beauty. Yeah, and you know the amazing thing about that is you kind of had that little re- rebellious moment where you, you decided that you want to do this physical stuff, and you got into these other sections. And I guarantee you, all the things that you learned when you were doing that, like getting into the engineering and, and the chemistry and things like that, have actually been able to to bind into the creative you know roots that you had, and then the creativity you went back to to help you. You know you. you you're probably much better off because you did that than you would have been if you never did, you know? Yeah, man. Like, you know, uh, in the retrospect, I'm thinking changing my career so many times and doing different things has helped me in a lot of ways. Uh, like when I was back in school, you know, switching majors was a big thing. And I was like, oh, damn, now I'm going to lose like, you know, another 20 grand. <laughs> but now I'm thinking, oh, hey, you know, I didn't lose everything. I could do two things now instead of one. Yeah, it's a great way to look at it because it's true. And I've done the same thing. You know, I went to school for engineering and and obviously my passion lies within music and creativity and, and radio and, and building apps and things that had nothing to do with what I went to school for. Uh, so I think that having a perspective from all those different angles, when you talk to people and you meet different types of people, you can relate in more than one way and it, and it helps out in a whole. So it's it's definitely a cool, you know, a cool outlook to have. Yeah, man, absolutely. So, growing up, uh, you know, you, you said your parents were artists, and and you kind of were surrounded by art all the time. Did you have any favorite creative influencers? Like, did you look up to anybody, certain artists or certain musicians uh, that kind of influenced you and who you are today? Uh, well, when I was uh, when I was little, my parents have been making so much art that it's just been all over the house, like the house is the studio, the house is the creative space. So 
it, a lot of the art, a lot of the imagery is from them. And um, of course, they've been uh, their friends, you know, a lot of their close friends that are have influenced me a lot, not just because of their art, but uh, by their personality. And um, not necessarily by being like a stereotypical eccentric artist, but just being the sort of people that live and breathe that whole culture. Um, and uh, as a biggest influence, it's, um, it's for me has been uh, when I went to school and I decided I like art, I like to play music, and I started playing guitar. Jimi Hendrix really uh, flipped a lot of switches in my head. He's a maniac, isn't he? Oh, he's crazy. <laughs> I was actually just, I was on YouTube the other day just watching videos of him for some reason. I don't know if they had like a, if it was his, you know, birthday or something had triggered why I was looking him up again. And man, I don't, I just don't know if there still is anything that really compared to what that guy was doing. Uh, and at such a young age with really not a lot of influence like him ahead of him, you know, he, he was insane. Like his, it's like the most inspiring thing ever to see, and it was just so unfortunate that he left this world at such a young age. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, one of the things that inspired me from Jimi Hendrix, and it's not just the music, and a lot of my influence are kind of the same way. Is uh, the fact that he's self-taught, and the fact that he um, that chose something that he really wanted to do. And it's not because he studied a particular book or because he took a particular course. It's because he just wanted to do just that and he practiced every day. And I strongly believe that um, it's definitely one of the best ways to achieve something. Oh, persistence is huge, man. Putting those habits in place. And I actually had the uh, a writer and the head of research from the app Lift on and her name was Aaron Fry and, and that app is all about tracking your goals and persistence and like every day you know you can check one thing off uh, you, you've kind of got this list of things that you want to accomplish a certain amount of times per week and it gives you like virtual high fives and stuff and keeps you driving uh, but I think that that really just putting a little bit of effort into something a little bit at a time I mean like that can build mountains man I mean you could have nothing and then a year from then, if you just put a little bit of time in every day, you'd be surprised how much it can change your life and the doors that will open for you. Yeah, absolutely. Persistence is a very big thing. And, uh, I mean, it, it really does show, like, um, there, there's a bunch of theories going on about, like, you know, 10,000 hours and, uh, you, know, you know, spending 10 years of doing the same thing. And um, I, I wouldn't say that it's 100% true and, you know, it could be easily proven. But you know what? After 10 years of uh, playing music, I can see myself as, you know what? I can perform in front of live audience and maybe even charge a little bit. You know, after 10 years of coding, you know, I can see myself, you know, earning money. So, you know. Yeah, where it leads is, is amazing. And so you, you play the guitar and have you, have you ever done any live music? Oh, yeah, it was, uh, it was awesome. Did, did, were you out there in Thailand or was it Canada or where were you at? Uh, in Canada. Cool. So you're not, if you were, you were born in the late eighties, you're still, you know, I was born in 86. So we're pretty close to the same age and I play the guitar as well. So it's, 
it's fun to create music and to create things in general. And, and you're an artist also. So are, are you like a photographer? And I know, you, I know you do some design or do you actually paint on canvas or, or what kind of styles do you do? Uh, one thing that I definitely don't do is paint on canvas. Um, <laughs> is uh, My parents are way better than me in that. And my girlfriend is way better than me. So I just decided to live it and just try to work on what I know best so far. And uh, yeah, photography is definitely one of the things I enjoy. And uh, for me, a big thing is kind of like um, about photography. And I think what makes it art is uh, seeing things the, uh, that other people might not be able to see. And uh, just capturing it and doing everything right is just a technicality. Oh, yeah. I think that that that's awesome. And it makes perfect sense. And I, some artists have this kind of amazing underlying talent to to convey messages through their artwork. And I, I really honestly do believe no matter what you're creating, if it's, you know, paintings on canvas or if it's music, uh, whether the audience can perceive the message or not, they are there and there's a story there. So would you say that there is somewhat of an, a message that you try to cr- convey when you're creating individually on different projects and kind of everything as a whole as well? Yeah. Um, it's, it's not always necessarily a message like, you know, I think you should do this or that. It's uh, a lot of the time it's, uh, it's just, uh, how I feel. Um, uh, how to say this in, in just words, <laughs> give me a second. Yeah. It's, it's more, <laughs> it's more of a, like, uh, conveying the feelings and the, uh, like, a spiritual experience. Uh, I, I don't know how to make it sound less corny than that, but it kind of is coming from deep inside, not just necessarily a clear kind of a, uh, message. I do messages when I write copy on the website and try to get people to sell stuff, uh, sorry, buy stuff. Um, but with art, I think it's more of like, um, you know, this is how I feel and I want you to sort of feel the same thing or like, this is how I see things. Do you see the same thing? So it's kind of like that. Yeah. And everybody's perception is so different, which makes it so amazing. Uh, the way that you can look at artwork and and the feelings that you do put into it. So, well, tell, tell us a little bit about art socket, man. I, I know you've worked on some other projects and you've got the app Eureka, which looked pretty interesting to me, actually. Uh, the the whole purpose behind it, but since this is a creative podcast, do you want to get into kind of the the vision of Art Socket and what it is and what you're trying to accomplish with it? Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, with the Art Socket. I, I was thinking um, before it ever started. Um, I guess it, I guess I can take it back maybe six or seven years when I've uh, created my first uh, short film and I was thinking like wow this is this is I'm pretty proud of this, this is really cool and uh, computers were still obviously a very big part of my life so I was thinking like well maybe I should put this on the web um, you know just, just to uh, give it a home and uh, so I started working on that and obviously you know first iteration of the website was like absolute garbage then second one was slightly less garbage but still there and um, it, it kind of progressed for a little while towards um, static imagery. Um, and there were some videos as well. And it was, it was just kind of like a, a big mess. And uh, one day I just, um, I just sat back and, and thought, what do I really want with this? And I decided that if I want to put art out there, it shouldn't be just all about me. It should be just really about art and that means getting other people involved as well it's like you know making it a project that's 
not, not necessarily just uh, one person. And then uh, next thing that I thought of is that images um, at this time make the most sense on the web. Although we do have a lot of video, um, I'm just uh, I'm just not there to spend thousands of dollars and you know servers and all that stuff. So that was a little bit over my head. So I kind of progressed with that idea. And um, next thing I thought is like, well, you know, why do I want to make my own? Why not use other websites? Like there's a lot of great ones out there right now, especially new ones coming up. Like you know, there's 500px. You know, Flickr is getting way better, and they got some amazing stuff in there, man. Like, I'm serious. It's beautiful. But yeah. um, the thing with those websites is uh, they are not very good at curating. They are more like a warehouses of beautiful images. And uh, I worked in a warehouse before. Everything looks the same. You know, even if it's beautiful, everything is just kind of stacked and you're on your own. You know, go find what you like. Uh, so. I, from there, I kind of just decided, like you know what, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna select the stuff that makes the most sense, that works together, that works as one, and uh, put it together on the website. And I'm not really creating anything radically new. Uh, I'm just taking an art gallery and putting it online. And uh, some people have done that, but it was, it's usually either. Um, a one-person exhibit, so like somebody's personal website, or it'd be just not well organized. So I'm just kind of like trying to tackle those issues, and I think so far so good. So how do you go about finding the artwork? Are you working with particular artists, or do they do they contact you, or how do you get these collections going? Uh, so there is a um, there is a submit form. Uh, if you scroll all the way down on the website, it is the button that is at the very bottom. So the last button is a submit. It's uh, it's not meant to be the last kind of a thing that I want you to do. Is just is just another action that just happened to be at the bottom, and it sort of complements, you know, the uh, the product at the top and the you know sort of contact me kind of thing at the bottom. Anyways, um, so that's one of the ways that I'm getting submissions. And to be honest, I'm, I, I love getting surprised by the stuff that I receive from people I have never met ever in my life. I don't know who they are, and they just they just take a step and they just submit stuff uh, to a website. They just kind of like, and I, and I know how they feel because I have submitted work before myself um, to you know animation festivals, to photography shows. It's always it's always a, a kind of a step of you know I have to do all this work. Is it going to be worth it? So uh, you know I always appreciate those moves. Yeah, and, I think it gives an opportunity to people too. I mean, if if you get if they get on your website, obviously that can make them feel pretty well. Um, and since you've got background of animation, like I, I'm sure that there's not a lot of sites out there that are like, Hey, submit your animations and, and put them up. You know what I mean? Uh, so I think the whole principle behind this is awesome. And of course the, the website is just beautiful, fast. And like I'm playing around on it right now, checking out all this stuff. I like the uh, tale of, I don't even know how to say that. Medved, Medvedeha. Medvedeha. Yeah. Yeah. Like that <laughs> That's, yeah, that's the uh, Russian influence. That's uh, my mom drew this picture as an illustration for a um, 
Russian poets uh, work, and it's uh, it, it has its own style. It, it does stand out, I have to say. <laughs> I don't know. There's just like this sense of like fantasy, or uh, I don't know, medieval like creativity there. That, that is just it's it's pretty cool, man. So I suggest everybody get on artsocket.com, check it out. If if you have something to submit, you know, get in touch with Dimitri because. Uh, he's obviously doing an amazing thing providing this platform and we need more people out there like it to create and, and help spread this. Cause I don't think that there's anything in this world worth doing other than uh, creating and, and helping each other kind of build that platform. And so I, I'm pumped when I get to meet people like you, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, another thing I want to add is, uh, I've met some people who say, uh, you know, Oh, I'm not an artist. I'm just, uh, I'm doing, um, you know, say uh, I work as a banker, but maybe I just do some photography on the side or I do some painting on the side and I'm not an artist. And uh, I look at their work and it's really good. And I go like, well, why wouldn't you say you're, you're an artist? Why not? Right. Because uh, sometimes people have this uh, conception that, oh, you know, if you're an artist, that means you're like rock star, right? Otherwise, rock star or nothing. And I have to disagree. I mean, like, you know, if you're a banker, how come there is a middle ground there? But we don't say that a banker is like, oh, it's like you either make a billion dollars a year or you're nothing. <laughs> it's the same thing. So there's all kinds of people. So there is uh, there is no shame in saying that you're an artist and you don't make much money because, you know. You have to get out there and get out of your stinkity-stinkity or rinkity-dinkity funky zone and your comfort zone and, and throw it in the trash and, and get crazy. I mean, like – Everybody has something that they're passionate about, and all of us have that fear in the back of our mind, you know, like, who are we to do this? And we've all been through it, but you're completely right. Like, you can do that and do something else and still be an artist. I mean, if you create, you're an artist, and you should never be disconcerted about your work because I've had people email me through this show, and they're like, you know, I love the show, and I started to get to know them a little bit, and I realized that they actually create a little bit. And then they start showing me their artwork. They're very you know, sad about it. They, 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 they're not confident in it at all. And I'm looking at it like, Oh my gosh, like this stuff's amazing. Like if you just had the confidence and believed in it, you know, you could probably do a lot better with it and you are a creator and you are an artist. So I think the more messages that we can get out there to kind of encourage people to take that step forward is, is something that we need to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, and there is no shame in even, you know, not being that good at something that you love to do because the advantage of enjoying doing something is that you will continue doing it and it's inevitable that you'll get better. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm just starting to take photos and they suck, it's okay because I'm taking photos. So they will get better. Oh, absolutely. And every single thing that we do is better than not doing it in the first place. And so you'll, you'll learn from every single small experience. I don't care how bad it is. You know, you, you've been all over the world. You're kind of a world traveler. You've been to, you know, you've seen all sorts of amazing artwork and you've been to all these crazy places. What do you think the most interesting place that you've been is uh, from a creative uh, perspective? From a creative perspective, um, well, I have to be uh, biased because uh, I've traveled Asia quite a bit, but I've been in Thailand for the longest time. Uh, so this city, Chiang Mai, where I am right now, 
it seems to be really happening on the uh, music scene, at least compared to uh, where I'm from, Toronto. Uh, it's uh, I can't say that Thai pop music is striking my fancy. It's uh, it's it's not something that I really enjoy. But their uh, underground and the grass uh, sorry grassroots kind of um, guitar sessions and their little bands they are. They're quite something. They're quite good. I mean, there's a jazz band in here that's assembled from both Thais and foreigners, and it's just like they're amazing. So I was very impressed. Um, and another place that I actually just remember that I really have to add is um, is China. China just um, just struck me by how imaginative those people are. Um, I've been uh, in Beijing in the Art Zone 798, I think. And um, it it is it is simply amazing. It's a neighborhood that is probably uh, five square miles of just warehouses that used to be um, they used to make war machines in there back in the fifties or something, and it was a collaboration between Chinese, Russians, and Germans, and it was just like a shit mill in there of some sort. And uh, and then so the uh, I think the past 20 years they have converted it into art space. So like, there's those gigantic places that have gigantic exhibits. They have like the most imaginary kind of uh, paintings and photographs and everything. And it, it, it actually will take you about a week of just going there every day to just discover everything. It, it is quite something. Oh, it sounds amazing. I was actually reading in relics magazine earlier today the newest issue they had a thing about like a world music festival a cultural music festival that's out there somewhere and it looked unbelievable i mean it's like three days of all these just very intense cultures you know like the cultures the eastern cultures aren't near as colorful and creative if you think about it from like a personal perspective uh but it showed all these pictures of like these different cultures like dressed up in these gears and headdresses. You couldn't even tell they were humans anymore. You know how dressed up they were playing music at the same time. Like I, I think that would be something that I could passionately uh, strive to, to attend one year and check it out. Cause I've never been out there and, and I've had so many guests on that are coming in from Thailand that aren't from Thailand, but they live there now because they got there and they didn't want to leave because of the culture. And so that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, man. All it takes is a plane ticket. Yeah, we're actually coming out there in in June. Oh, serious? First time. Yeah, my girlfriend's cousin actually lives there. She takes care of tigers for somebody um, at a monastery or something. And she, cool. yeah, and she's always working with animals and stuff. So we're coming out there, and and then another guy that we had on, which was episode twenty four, I think, Eric Stankfist. He's a meditation teacher out there and he teaches meditation to poker players and he's from sweden actually or switzerland uh, mm-hmm. i apologize for whichever one was the right one i cannot remember but uh, yeah man i'll have to get in touch with you before we swing it out there and, and we can meet up or something eat some yeah absolutely amazing Thai it. food it's my favorite yeah <laughs> so with, with all these creative experiences you've had everywhere what do you think uh what do you think the most important thing that you've learned so far is, or did you have any like standout experiences where you like, you kind of just got kicked down and, and really uh, learned a lot and kind of rebirthed yourself from the incident? Um, I'd say 
lately I have been having a lot of thoughts about um, just patience. Uh, I don't know if it's purely as being a creative person or just you know just a thirty year old kind of a thing, but um, I, I just uh, um, you know I've been um, I've been thinking down, like, you know, feeling pretty down once in a while and thinking like, man, you know, I'm doing this thing and it's not really happening and is it ever going to happen or am I going to learn something? Am I going to do something that's worthwhile? And, um, you know, just realizing that like, you know what, um, things change quite rapidly and uh, even, even if I get stuck or anybody gets stuck in a moment, and to think like, well, this is this is how life is. This is how life is because that's how I feel right now. Um, that's how it's going to be. But it's not true. Things go, you know, up and down, up and down. And um, as we live through our lives, we we accumulate stuff. We accumulate um, our experiences. We accumulate uh, things that we create. Um, so if if you're an artist. Uh, I think you definitely have a one-up because you can accumulate things that are uh, beautiful, the things that you know you made that were beautiful, and um, it just you know with time when you look back, it's just it just it's just quite inspiring to see that you just kind of was born just you know a few decades ago and like wow you made all this stuff. So uh, patience. Yeah. You know, that's something that I actually need to hear too, because I'm, I'm sort of the same way. I, I always, for some reason, and I think it's probably with a lot of entrepreneurs or creative people, you just, you go through these periods where you feel like, you know, where are you going? Uh, is there anything else that you're going to learn by doing what you're doing at that point? And you kind of have to look back at everything that you've done to realize that it is the correct thing to be doing, you know, like, uh, wow, all this stuff is amazing. Like you said, in, a, in just a couple decades, look at all these things that you've done and all the things that you've brought to the world. And each one of those things changes the world a little bit. And so it's such an amazing thing. And I, I highly suggest that nobody ever just is conforming to sitting in a cubicle all day working for somebody else doing something that they hate uh, because this is your life. And, and I promise you, if you get out of that box – and you just kind of start taking a step towards what you actually truly love, opportunities will come and you'll be able to, to, you know, provide a living for yourself doing something that you're much more content with than, than something that you hate. So patience is a huge part of that. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, it'd be better for the society or society too. Wouldn't would really need to, um, create a herd of shopaholics so that you can just go and you know get more stuff so it feel better about the job that you hate and you get paid to get more stuff to feel better you know it's, it just becomes a cycle <laughs> i know and it's it's bad i mean literally the state that i'm in it's like the the unemployment rate's so high and they get the money from the government and then they go and they just buy more things and i'm not saying everybody does that but it, it is a sad reality and i think that it it all has to change by starting with simplifying I mean, I try to do everything I can to just, you know, I really have started thinking about, do I really need to buy this? Like, what's going to happen if I don't buy it? And, you know, 99% of the time, if I decide not to buy it, it, it that was the right decision because I look back and I'm like, yeah, I never needed that. But it's that urge that kind of, you know, you got to kick it in the ass and get rid of it. So have you ever done any of that, like simplified? I, I'm guessing that you you live in Thailand, so 
you've probably done quite a bit of it. You know, we got rid of cable and we started getting rid of lots of the clothes that we had in these household items, but I think it can play a much bigger role than people think. Oh yeah, man. Absolutely. I mean, it's kind of like candy for adults, right? You just want more. But, um, after, um, you know, after reading of all the stuff that I ever owned pretty much uh, before going traveling, I felt a lot better. I felt like, wow, I, I can just, you know, take off and not be afraid that somebody's going to take my stuff because I don't have any other stuff, but whatever is in the backpack. And, uh, you know, I never, I never really missed anything that I threw out. I don't remember what I threw out. I don't remember what I sold. I think like maybe, uh, what did I sell? Maybe a bathroom scale, a vacuum cleaner. Like, you know, how exciting is that? Yeah, it's amazing. You think about it from that way. Like that, that really says something. If you look back and you don't remember what you sold or what you had, it obviously didn't mean anything to you. Uh, and it's, you can go through your house and like look at stuff and say, no, I, I don't want to get rid of that. You know, I'm going to need it. But like, do you, no, you don't, you really don't like, you don't even need a microwave. You don't, you don't need any of that stuff. So, uh, Everybody out there, I'm going to challenge you to, to get rid of one thing or do an anal- analyze your house a little bit and and start thinking, making a list of things that you can get rid of because you'll be happy once you do it. And for me, getting rid of cable was the huge one because now I've, I mean, I got rid of cable and immediately read like 10 books in like two months. <laughs> nice. So yeah, it, it's a step in the right direction, man. Well, if you could spend a little bit of time creating something with anybody from the past or present, who do you think it would be and what do you think you'd create? Hmm. Well, you know, I think that one's pretty easy for me. I always, I always wanted to jam with Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Um, you know, I, he'd obviously uh, upstage me and I'll look like a, you know, just a mumbling idiot in the corner, but you know what? doesn't matter. I still be very happy. <laughs> would you dress up like him? Would I dress up like him? Um, yeah, man. I mean, like, I probably have to drop some acid first, but you know. <laughs> well, of course. He, Duh. Uh, you know, he he was. He, didn't he? He was the guitar player for like Little Richard, wasn't he? Before he got big. Yeah. And, uh, Little Richard fired him from the band because he was he was looking better than he was back there. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah. "No, I'm not having this." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I mean, if you saw any of his uh, past videos, when he was playing in the band, it was just like a band of a bunch of people, and everybody's just kind of conforming, and everybody's playing the chords of the sheet, and Jimi Hendrix is like, yeah, I'm going to add a little thing here, I'm going to add a little <laughs> thing here, you know, do a little dance, because he just, you know, he liked to do it. He wanted to, uh, he, and I don't think his goal was to upstage everybody, his goal was to just like play music that he really likes. Yeah, the birth of improv, man, which is a huge thing with music nowadays because I, I love progression and improv bands where they just get up there and, and, I mean, just jam, you know, and make stuff up on the spot. There's nothing better live. And, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Hendrix, so that, that would be a cool experience. Well, yeah, if you had to battle that big, ugly bastard Godzilla, how would you use your creativity or talents to defeat him? Oh, I'd just uh you know play something so ugly <laughs> it, it was funny you know uh me and uh, my buddy uh, back in toronto we uh one day we just thought we were just practicing for our live gig and we got sick of playing the same thing over and, and at one point we just decided like let's play the nastiest thing that we can think of 
you know, it, it first started with just like, you know, two notes that don't, you know, they clash together and doesn't work. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty nasty, but can we make it worse? And you know what? It could be actually a challenge to make something really sounding really stupid and disgusting. And, uh, you know, it's a creative process in its own. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it, just kind of getting out of your own realm, you know, and trying to do something that you're not used to is always a tough thing. But um, <laughs> that's pretty funny. So it, when you when you started all of this, Dimitri, I'm sure it was tough. Like, I'm sure that when you and I know your parents were artists and you were surrounded by it. So you kind of just went down that path, but you did have that stint where you were thinking about, or you actually were studying physical things. Uh, do you think it was harder, you know, kind of getting started following these passions and creating all these amazing endeavors? Or do you think it's harder to keep going uh, once you've already been started? Um, well, you know, um, a good example is uh, uh, my piano lessons when I was a kid. I uh, played some piano and uh, I hated it because I was forced to do it. And it was just like, at one point, my parents asked me, like, listen, I, just, I don't think you're enjoying this. Do you want to keep doing it? And I was like, no. And they were like, okay, done. And I was like, wow, I don't have to do this. This is brilliant. I'll never play music again. And then uh, some years later, I just uh, picked up guitar on my own. And I was like, you know what? I actually want to do this. And I want to do it now. And, um, you know, it's very often that I think back and I, and I wonder, like, well, I would probably be so much better if I did this, like, you know, if I started when I was, like, you know, 10 or, you know, if I had 20 years of experience instead of five, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, those waters don't really matter because if it was 10 years of me hating playing music, then it's 10 years wasted, right? Then I wouldn't be, I wouldn't even be on the show, man. I, I'd just be like, no, I don't want to talk about music. It's the weekend, you know. <laughs> whatever <laughs> but uh you know I, I'd, I'd rather suck than don't enjoy yeah i hear you i think it, the driving principle behind life is to enjoy what you're doing definitely and what what kind of what kind of guitar are you shredding on man um i uh, have a gnl back in toronto uh which is uh is uh it's the same guy who uh, owned fender he uh, sold it to uh CBS or CBC back in the 50s and he started his own company so that's his guitar and then uh, now that I'm traveling I haven't had a guitar for uh, quite a while actually because uh, you know traveling um, but recently I got a ukulele for uh, my girlfriend and I'm just like stealing that thing every night <laughs> that's funny I, I got one for my girlfriend as well and it's sweet like it's fun my hands are kind of big though so it's like really really hard for me to, to figure out how to play it because I also play guitar um, but yeah, I was wondering about the traveling thing. I didn't know if you were just like going around, like robbing people and taking their guitar and playing for 20 minutes and then just handing it back to them or something. Yeah, that happens too. <laughs> <laughs> Watch yeah, out. It can be a real world out there, you know? Yeah, man. Stuff. Mean streets. <laughs> the streets are rough. When you stop, you got to keep them spinning, man. Yeah. So... I really appreciated having you on the show, man. It's It's been a blast. Uh, Art Socket's amazing. I think that everybody should check that out. Also, check out the app Eureka. Uh, if you want to you want to get into a Eureka just a little bit and explain what it is, because I thought it was actually kind of fascinating uh, reading about it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the biggest thing for me with Eureka is, uh, is that I'm, uh, this is 
this is a project that I do with two of my really good friends. And that's kind of, a, you know, even though a lot of it involves, you know, business and design and coding, this and that, I, I find uh, the most interesting aspect of it is uh, the collaboration, how the dynamic between us evolves. And in that way, it's kind of art. I mean, we're not making art per se, but we are... Uh, we're creating a dynamic that is artistic in a way. I don't know if that makes any sense. Oh yeah, man. Clear. Absolutely. If you want to hear, I'm sure that, did you talk about this with Paul on his episode? Uh, yeah, I talked to him uh, about mostly art socket. Okay. Well, I'm sure that if you want to go check that out anyways, it should be out by the time this episode airs. If you go to the app guy podcast, because, uh, every episode he does is obviously thrilling, and he's a goofball, so we like to hear. Uh, yeah, he's he awesome. Stay. <laughs> so, how how can our listeners get in contact with you, Dimitri, or or find you and find Art Socket? And are are you on the the social medias and things of that nature? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm all over the place. I mean, uh, if you want to uh, reach out to me personally, you can just go to artsocket.com. There's a big contact button on the top right. It doesn't go to my secretary. It doesn't go to, uh, you know, any uh, smoking banana-eating monkeys. It just goes straight to my inbox, so I will answer it fairly quickly. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure if you uh, Google my name, uh, it'll come up, but uh, last name is a little bit tough. Uh, Demetrius tweets on Twitter, Artsocket on Twitter as well. Um, Where else? I'm on Google Plus as well. I can find Artsocket, um, LinkedIn, you know, pretty much everywhere. And I'll get all those links and put them on the show notes. So you can go to artsynow.com forward slash Dimitri Chirbaji and it'll get there. And plus there'll be a short link to that as well uh, with the episode number. So yeah, I mean, I'm pumped. I, I want everybody to, to take some notes from Dimitri. He's been an amazing guest, obviously doing things to change the world. And we're a huge fan of that. And, Everybody out there, you, you know, you can do what you want to do. You, you can make a difference. You can create things and enjoy life. So get out there and break the rules. But first, break the rulers. And, and Dimitri, thank you so much for being the Archapreneur now. And always remember Thanks. to keep it funky, man. For sure. For sure. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Archapreneur Now. For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, email me at create at artsynow.com or on Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong. The music? Well, that's shaky feeling. Check them out. Ventura, California. Ta-ta! Keep it funky.